Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I could stand against a brick wall with my guitar Uh and play the opening riff to Smoke on the Water for (laughs) an hour and 30 minutes, and people would watch it over top of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, Rock School Radio Network. Once again, hurricane season, ladies and gentlemen. My mm-hmm. name is Joe Burns. You are? Morning, Greg Wong. Let's make the general manager happy. Broadcasting from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. I've got a friend. He's a Facebook friend, and okay. he's come down and seen me here in the great city of New Orleans, Louisiana. His name is Richard Sheffield, and every so often, Richard will get an idea in his head and then he'll text it to me okay and he always ends his text with and oh by the way the falcons are going to destroy your saints this year (laughs) he's he's from atlanta so he loves to sort of rub that in it doesn't happen very much anymore but you know he said to me did you ever do a show on bad career decisions by rock stars We've done a lot of shows about sort of mistakes that rock stars have made, but Mm -hmm. never just sort of bad decisions that rock stars have made, bad Uh career decisions. So he said, here's about five. Go and look for more of them. Oh, this is a fun one. Right. There's all over the place. But here's the thing. When you go into these, you know, news groups and such where people post them, what's really fun about it is somebody will say, this is a terrible decision. Then you get all the people who are fans of that group Uh and they're offended by that. No, no, that was a brilliant move. That was because it received press and all that. So what's going to be fun about today's show, I'm going to say something Mm -hmm. and someone is going to say, no, no, that wasn't bad. That was a great idea. I'm as happy when somebody disagrees with me. Oh, yeah. I see that coming for us today. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We'll start with this one. Darius Rucker. Oh, I love him. Do you like him? I do. Okay, fine. Now, he's split from pop music, and he's gone to country. Oh, is this what you're going to say is a bad career no, no, decision? No, no, no. I think that's an excellent career decision. Okay. In, in fact, he's not being sued by Bob Dylan anymore. <laughs> he's probably doing very well financially. Mm-hmm. However, in 2005, and here comes the bad career decision, mm-hmm. he dressed up like a cowboy and sang in a Burger King commercial. You can still find it. It's, <laughs> it's out on YouTube. Here's what he did. Okay. Burger King was promoting their tender, crisp, bacon, cheddar, ranch sandwich. No fast food, you know, item should have more than two words in the title. (laughs) This thing has, I think, 12. In the commercial, he sang a jingle set to the tune of Big Rock Candy Mountain. Okay. Okay. That's, do you agree with me? Bad decision? Mm. Maybe he was testing the waters to see how he'd be received. <laughs> yeah, dressed up as a jingly jangly cowboy. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the one we're going to play, Billy Squire. Okay. I was and still am a huge Billy Squire fan. Right. However, he made one decision that collapsed his career. Okay. Have you ever seen the Rock Me Tonight video? 
No. You've never seen it. Oh, I, I urge so. you. I urge you with every part of me. When we're done recording, uh-huh. go to YouTube and watch the Rock Me Tonight video. Okay. Okay. The video is, after all of these tough guy videos, after mm-hmm. all of these, you know, I'm the strong, you know, uh, <laughs> girls love me videos. What he did was he created this video where everything's pink. And he danced around in, and here's here's the quote, okay. in a disturbingly effeminate way. <laughs> Everybody was so taken aback by the way he was moving uh-huh. and all of that, that it, and even Billy Squire says, it snuffed out his career after two magnificently big selling albums. Uh-huh. And what was funny is the single that followed was really good and it was a rock song and it was an in concert <laughs> video and it was fantastic. But this video destroyed his career. Huh. One video. And if you haven't seen it, you must go see it. It's Billy Squires, Rock Me Tonight on Rock School. Okay, now we just came out of watching parts of the video (laughs) online. Am I right? Oh yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Now you got to know when that was pitched, when that the idea for that video was pitched to mm-hmm. him, it it you know it didn't look like that in his head. Oh no, absolutely not. Right. And you had to think to yourself that okay, maybe he did it because it would look good for the girls. Mm, you know, I, well, or the boys. I I don't know. He's going after some kind of a some kind of an audience. <laughs> but on the same aspect, I I played for you then the following single called right. All Night Long. And it was a straightforward rock song, and that should have been a hit as well. Right. Right off the cliff. Huh. Right off the cliff. And you think to yourself, how can one incident destroy a career? And even Billy Squire himself says, nothing. That's it. Nothing. Let's move on to the next one. Do you know who Greg Raleigh is? I don't. Greg Raleigh is a keyboardist. He played with Santana, and he played with Journey. Oh, okay. And you say to yourself, how is it possible this man can be seen as making mistakes? He was with two of the largest bands in the classic rock era. Yeah, but we don't know his name. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. You know Santana's Black Magic Woman? Yes, That's Greg Raleigh singing. Ah. It is. Greg Raleigh also was with uh, Santana at the same time Neil Sean was there. Uh Well, when Santana is at the tip top, Greg Raleigh and Neil Sean say, we're leaving. And so they left. Okay. And they form Journey as part of Journey. Ah. Okay. Well, Greg Raleigh, that that may be the first mistake. Mm -hmm. Greg Raleigh then says, you know, I'm part of Journey. I am sort of the lead singer of Journey. Mm -hmm. And Journey was doing okay, not terribly, that kind of thing. And then they brought in this guy hmm, in Journey. What's his name? Uh, Steve Perry, (laughs) who's got the nickname The Voice. Uh Uh-huh. And he, Greg Raleigh, didn't like that very much. He wanted to be the voice of Journey. He walked. He walked after oh. the band's, he, he recorded the band's album, Departure. Right. And said, you know, then I'm walking. No, I am the lead singer of the band or nothing. And he walked and Journey went exactly. into the stratosphere. And he was replaced by, I think, Jonathan Kane. Mm-hmm. Journey has had 11 flibajillion <laughs> hits. I just went to see them play live. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what Greg Raleigh's doing right now. That's sad. Again, a lot of people would say, well, he stood up for his morals. 
and thus all is good. Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you there, but and, uh, here's Greg Raleigh and Journey feeling that way on Rock School. Open my eyes to a new kind of way. All the good times that you said Are you feeling You feeling that way too Feeling that way By the way, a little note to the audience. If we sound a little different on the show today, it's because we're stuck in another room. Mm-hmm. They put us in a, another studio because they're doing some work in a, the regular studio that we're in. And no by the way, knows. I don't know who designed this studio, but putting the air conditioning <laughs> vent right over top of the main studio seats, the person oh, yeah. who's on the main microphone, the air is constantly blowing down on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want that sound. I think for dramatic effect in hurricane really? season, they can sound like they're actually there. Excellent. Good idea. It, mm-hmm. it Maybe they want people to constantly think the wind is blowing through my hair <laughs> like it's a Vanity it's a Fair shoot. I just don't have that much hair. Vanity Fair shoot. Yeah, I'm starting to, <laughs> starting to go bald on top. They need to stop doing that okay you're gonna hate me for this one so i'm just gonna do it It, not you but the audience i'm using i'm using the victorian you one of the worst career decisions was made by all kinds of people steve martin peter frampton the bgs aerosmith okay does this uh, anything uh uh, george burns none Mm. of these are making any sense to you not yet there was a movie released was a movie released in 1978 you don't know it no Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh-huh. the remake. Yeah. There's a great. The remake? You didn't know there was a movie? No. You didn't know they remade Sgt. Pepper's? I did Pepper's? not. Where is your cave? <laughs> Where is the cave in which you exist? Oh, it is without a doubt possibly the worst rock and roll film That's ever awful. created. I could stand against a brick wall with my guitar uh-huh. and play the opening riff to Smoke on the Water for <laughs> an hour and 30 minutes and be people would watch it over top of Sgt. Pepper's well, Lonely see, Hearts Club Band. Now you've screwed up my little cave because I didn't know it existed before. <laughs> so that was okay. Push the rock out of the way and come into the light <laughs> every so often. And that you, you say to yourself, okay, that's funny. You're not going to play a song from it. Yes, I am. I am. Here are the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton performing Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So take that. I, <laughs> I don't dislike all of you. I think you're wonderful. But you must hear this. <laughs> Sounds like this on Rock School. Okay, once again, I let the song play here in the studio. What mm-hmm. did you think of the Bee Gees in Frampton doing Sgt. Pepper's and help with my friend? A little help from my friends. Um, started off not bad, but no, once they it actually, got they actually recreate Sgt. Pepper's. Okay, it's right. A, it's, it's a cover horrible. band. You can hear it. Right. Once they get into help, no. No, it does. No, it falls it's, right it's off bad. the cliff. And you can hear Peter Frampton is doing his best. He's trying to make it his own. Right. But. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. little wily coyote cloud you know. right there at the bottom. Now, if you get it, if you get a chance, if you get mm-hmm. the opportunity, get a hold of the the video, get a hold of the movie, and watch it. It Why? shows on TV <laughs> because it's fun. Yeah. Sit down with a, you know, put the kids to bed, sit down with your husband and a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer, mm-hmm. and just, it, it's watching a horrible movie for the sake of watching <laughs> a horrible movie, you know? <laughs> Don't you ever do that? No. Don't you? Oh, I love to do that. Watch a movie you know is hideous, I said that there are a few on here that people are going to say, I don't consider that a bad career move. Okay. Okay, here's one of them. Bruce Springsteen sacks the E Street Band. He got rid of them. Um, Do you consider that a bad career move? Yes and no. I think it's a different sound. Okay. I think it's a totally different sound with them and without them. Well, here, let me give you the basic concept. Okay. On a 1988 Amnesty International tour with Sting, he noticed how free Sting was without the police. Right. And he, Bruce Springsteen, brings in the E Street members and says, you're gone. Mm-hmm. He then, he, Springsteen, then releases two albums, Human Touch and Lucky Town. He cut with studio musicians, right. and they were met with the worst reviews of his career. He says, I tried to cut happy songs in the 90s, and it just didn't work. Right. And in his Hall of Fame induction speech, he says it didn't work. The public didn't like it. And he then reunites with the Easter Band. Now, here's right. the thing. you got to look at, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, what a horrible decision. Mm. Springsteen is a career that is this long. And if he hadn't gotten rid of the band, you got to wonder if at some point in time he would have, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I think he needed that time to get away from everything. Agreed. Clear his head, go, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the old statement? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, but it's it's different audiences too. Right. You know, the music that he made was not bad. It was no, just a I, different audience. It was a different it was different altogether. Right. In fact, I don't dislike the music that's on Human Touch. In no. fact, I kind of like the album. Yeah. But, I prefer the E Street. Band. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. But on the same aspects, you got to look at his career over a, you know, over its entire span. Right. He probably needed to do that. Billy Joel did the same thing, sacked all of his people. Mm-hmm. He probably needed to do that just so he could at some point in time shake the cobwebs out of his head and go, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm better with them. Well, and like um, Philadelphia, that was without the E Street Band. Yeah. And that did really well with the movie. Well, with I it. think it's because it had the movie behind it. If well, Philadelphia yeah. just came out of the clear blue sky, would it have been as big a song? That's true. That's You have to, Springsteen fans are going to say, yes, of course. I don't know. It had the movie behind it. Mm -hmm. So WXZY Kane, Pennsylvania. Thanks for running the radio show. KPVL in Decorah, Iowa. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Catch us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break, we're talking about bad career decisions here. How about Terry Reed? Do you know who Terry Reed is? No idea. No, he was the lead singer of Peter J's Jay Walkers, of course. Oh, okay. See, there you go. Uh, now you know all. They opened for the Rolling Stones one time. Yeah? Yeah? No? No, nothing? No, okay, nothing. fine. How about the New Yardbirds? You know who they are? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. they became Led Zeppelin. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Page was looking for a lead singer for the New Yardbirds, so he contacted Terry Reed and said, Do you want to sing? Mm, no. No, he oh. said no. Now, let's remember. You, yeah, they, no, he didn't they know. weren't anybody there. Right. They were already committed to doing something else. So mm-hmm. he said, no, I can't. I'm I'm still here with the Jaywalkers here, so I can't do that. Okay. Later, Reed was approached again by the band Deep Purple, who were looking to replace their original singer, Rod Evans. Okay. Right? Come on, Terry. Come sing for Deep Purple. Nah. Now, let's remember that Deep Purple wasn't Deep exactly. Purple. Exactly. You don't know where someone's going to take off. Right. They were just a band. And mm-hmm. Terry said, eh, no. It's Terry Reed. No, actually, it's not. It's Deep Purple. It's Kentucky Woman. Coming out of Kentucky Woman as we talk bad career decisions. Here's one we're not going to play a song for. And remember I told you there were some that I didn't think were bad decisions? Right. Some people did. How about Prince changing his name to a symbol? Did you think that was uh, a bad decision? I don't, I don't think it really made a difference. I think really? It, I think for a little while it got him a little publicity, but... Not a huge difference one way or the other. Oh, I I disagree completely. I thought it was a brilliant move. I think it was Mm -hmm. a calculated move. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. What he did was, for a year, he required other people to name him. Mm -hmm. Now, it could have blown up in his face. They could have named him something embarrassing. They (laughs) could have. And then he just PR'd his way back to being Prince. Right. But that's not what happened. They came up with all these really neat names, which just shook out to something benign. And that was, you know, the artist form formerly known as Prince, but for a year, he stayed in the spotlight Mm -hmm. as this new, almost new human being that had no name. (laughs) We in the press, we must name him. Right. Oh, I thought it was brilliant and and I'm sure calculated. I thought it was neat, neat, neat. All right, bottom of the hour. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. Let's do seven days in 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates. June 22nd all the way through June 28th. Something that happened on each one of these dates. You have Monday, Monique. Go. June 22nd, 1981. Mark Chapman pleaded guilty to the charge of murdering John Lennon in 1980. He was later sentenced to 20 years to life. June 23, 2004, Bob Dylan was awarded an honorary degree by the University of St. Andrews and made a doctor of music. Mm. June 24, 2004, a Fender Stratocaster that Eric Clapton nicknamed Blackie sold at Christie's auction for just under a million. Yep. 25 June 1988, Debbie Gibson goes to number one on the U.S. singles chart with Foolish Beat, making her, age 17, the youngest female to write, produce, and record a U.S. number one single. June 26, 2008, Total Guitar Magazine voted Celine Dion's rendition of the ACDC track, You Shook Me All Night Long, (laughs) as the world's worst cover version ever, as it should be. I've never heard it, but... June 27, 1991, Carlos Santana was arrested at Houston Airport when officials found cannabis... Wacky tobacco <laughs> in his luggage. What? Come no surprise Santana. there. Oh, June 28, 1997. It was first brought out in the press 
that if you play Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, oh, have you I ever remember done this? this. Have you ever done I this? I know, but I want to try it. You should. I've seen there's YouTube things. Have you? Play the album mm-hmm. when the lion at the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, this is the rumor, at the beginning of The Wizard of Oz, when the lion roars the second time, start the CD. Mm-hmm. And supposedly it lines up perfectly. No, it doesn't. If you do what Carlos Santana was doing, or if you do, uh, you know, a, a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer. It's still pretty cool, though. Yeah, you'll, you'll see a few things, mm-hmm. but you have to be looking for it. <laughs> and that wraps up 7 Days and 70 Seconds. Okay, here's the bad decision we're going to play. Have you ever heard the Beach Boys song, Never Learn Not to Love? No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. It's from the 2020 album. So what? It's a Beach Boys song. Yeah. Here's the thing about the song. It was given to them by Terry Melcher, who was one of their producers back okay. in the 1960s, 69 to be exact. Mm-hmm. Do you know where Terry Melcher got the song? No. Charles Manson. <gasps> really? Really, really. What happened was Charles Manson was a squatter along with Charles Manson's family oh. in the house of Dennis Wilson, then drummer for the Beach Boys. Yeah, I and remember hearing about something like this. What they did was basically destroy his home, mm-hmm. and Melcher said, I'm taking your best song and I'm giving it to Dennis Wilson, and if you look at the 2020 album, there it is, the the song, you know, Never Learn Not to Love. It's uh-huh. credited just to Dennis Wilson, and the money that he received from the royalties was to pay for what the family did to the house. Ah. If you wish to hear the version that's by Charles Manson, it's called Cease to Exist. Now, you would think to yourself after what happened with Manson, the Beach Boys would get rid of the song, right? Right. Nope. Go to the 2020 album. There it is. That's crazy. Here's the Beach Boys song on Rock School. Cease to resist. Come say you love me. Okay, coming out of the Beach Boys. Hey, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Here's what happens. A lot of the times I have music to play, uh-huh. but I don't have the guts to play it. Okay. Because I don't want to offend an audience or I don't want people to go, oh, God, you, you can't That's be playing you're too that. Nice. You don't want to play that. Garth Brooks. Oh, God. One of the most popular artists of all times. Okay. Hasn't made a lot of bad career decisions. No. Just about mm-hmm. everything he's done has turned to platinum. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. The one thing he did do incorrectly was this Chris Gaines album. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You know, Chris Gaines, right? Oh. It was supposed to also be turned into a movie. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yes, it was supposed to be a movie called The Lamb. What? Do you even remember when Chris Gaines was supposed to uh, host Saturday Night Live? No. Yes. I, just, I have this visual in my head of the CD cover and just how bad it was. Yes. Well, oh, here's so the bad. thing. Here's the thing. This is why I started this little break by saying I don't know whether I should play stuff. I can't tell you how many people can mention Chris Gaines uh-huh. and can say the worst thing Garth Brooks has ever done is done Chris Gaines. <laughs> now, here's my question. How many of you who put down the Chris Gaines album have ever heard the Chris Gaines album? I, hmm? I don't know that I have. Hmm? I think he had one hit off of it, though, didn't he? No. Okay. No, he released then no, I singles. Heard it. Hmm? Any of you heard Chris Gaines? Hmm? Well, guess what? Here you go. Here you go. I'm <laughs> going to play a Chris Gaines song so you can, you can from this point on, say, yeah, I've heard it. Oh, God, it's horrible. Please keep listening. Here, <laughs> here is Chris Gaines, 
Lost in You on the Rock School Radio Show. Oh, heaven knows Lost. Well, there you go. There's Chris Gaines. Oh, so, love so bad. Love songs by Chris Gaines. It's horrible. W Love Songs Radio. Yeah, no. I, I, I think we have two people left listening to us. No, no, people, people are okay with listening to it just because it's one of those things. You know, I've made fun of Chris Gaines. I've never heard a Chris Gaines song. Okay, no, it's three have. minutes. I've heard it. There you go. Now yeah. it's, it's like, you know, I would never eat this food. Okay, now <laughs> you've tried it. Okay, you're right. I really do hate it. Okay, fine. But at least you can say, I've tried it. Right. There you go. Now you've got Chris Gaines. And he was the biggest guy in the world. He oh, wanted yeah. an alter ego. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It might have worked, but it, it just didn't. It didn't. <laughs> Here's another one. Maybe you think this is a good idea. Maybe you don't. Okay. Motley Crue fires Vince Neil. Do you think that was a bad move? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I, see, I own Generation Swine. That's the one with uh, John Karabi. Okay. I, I like it. The song Generation Swine, I think, is really good. Okay. So, and you know, they got back together with them. Right. They're on their final tour. I have tickets to it. The thing that I've read, and don't hold me to this, but this is what I've read. You okay. know how um, the drummer uh, constantly does weird things with the drum, or right. with the drums, he turns them upside down uh-huh. and that kind of thing. I have heard that he is going to be on a roller coaster what? that will go out into the uh-huh. audience. So as he's That's playing his drum cool. solo, it will roller coaster through the audience. And when's the show? Sometime in September okay. at the Smoothie King Center. And I hate with every part of me that it's called the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> that drives me crazy. George Michael. Yes. Right. And and oh. I'm, I'm not talking about him going into the bathrooms okay. in a park. Okay, that's which, right. I totally which, thought you were headed. No, no, which I don't understand because he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. As big a star as he was, if he wanted to meet men, uh-huh. he could have had people bring men to his apartment. Maybe or it was the to, thrill of it all. Yeah, that's what I think it was, too. I mm-hmm. guess he wanted to have that experience. It's like David Lee Roth buying a bag of pot. I think it was Central Park. Don't you have people to do this for you? Why would you go through that? So here's what I do want to talk about. Mm -hmm. George Michael in 1991 got upset at Sony because he didn't believe they were supporting his new album, Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1. Okay. So he said, if you're not going to support it, I'm not going to support it. So he walked away from the music industry for five years. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, wait, he came back? Oh, he did. Yeah. See, there you go. He came back. What? In five years, the variables changed oh, and yeah. people walked away. So in five years, he'd have at least put out one more album. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. If nothing else, argue to be left out of your contract with Sony. Mm-hmm. Go to another label that would have probably helped you. Give up money, but don't give up a career. No. So thank you for listening and playing the radio show, KRFY Sandpoint, Idaho. WMCE in Erie, Pennsylvania. You bet. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, bad career decisions. Some of them mm-hmm. have some humor to them. Oh, Chris yeah. Gaines thing. There's nothing wrong with Garth Brooks. No. Okay, big failure, but it's got some humor to it. Yeah. He has to even laugh at it today. I, oh, yeah. I have to believe. Okay, here's one that doesn't have much humor to it. Okay, you ever heard of a guy named Jason Everman? No, should I have? He was the second guitarist for Nirvana. Oh. Nirvana had a second guitarist? Yes, they did. Okay. He leaves Nirvana 
to become the bass player for Soundgarden. Not a bad move. Yeah, great move. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Soundgarden had just been signed Ah. to A&M Records. Yeah. So, fantastic. The problem is... Soundgarden decided while they were preparing for the recording and all that, uh-huh. you're not what we're looking for. So they replaced him with Ben Shepard. Oh, wow. So by choice, he leaves mm-hmm. Nirvana to Soundgarden. Soundgarden kicks him out. Now, he splits, obviously, he's kicked out, right. and he plays with the band Mind Funk for a while. Don't it know. doesn't happen. He then leaves. He joins up. Now, there is some good to this. Okay. He joins the Army Special Forces, uh-huh. serves in Iraq and Afghanistan. Okay. Thank you for your service. God Absolutely. bless you. And was honorably discharged in 2006. Wonderful. So he turned and did something wonderful for others after these two things happened to him. But, you know, he's got to shake his head and go, ah. Oh, exactly. What could have been? So, like the fifth beetle. And you know what? I, you gave me such a look. When I said I like the single Generation <laughs> Swine, you gave me such a look when I said I like Generation Swine. I'm going to play it. Come on, let's uh, Generation Swine. Okay, last break here on Rock School. Do we have mm-hmm. to be in this studio anymore? I don't think so. No? Good. No. This is this is really tight quarters, and the air conditioning blowing right down on the microphone. It's is the no windows. Just, yeah, that's true. The no windows Ter- bothers me. Terrible things could happen here. I, I've always had a rule. Don't go into a bar that has no windows. Makes sense. Doesn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and has cardboard cutouts on the door. That's made me nervous, like, too. Hmm. Hmm, smart, huh? Okay, here are some ones we're just not going to get to. John Lennon giving Yoko Ono much of the album's unfinished music. One unfinished music, two, and the wedding album and the John Lennon Plastic Ono <laughs> Band. There you go. Uh, David Bowie praising Hitler in 76. Oh. Now, Bowie, you should look this up as big yeah. a Bowie as fan as you are. Uh-huh. The pictures are out there. David Bowie gave a real controversial interview in 76 that he claimed Hitler was the first rock star. What? And that Britain could benefit from a fascist leader. There was also what's known as the Victoria Station incident. He arrived in an open-top Mercedes convertible Uh where supposedly he was giving the Nazi fascist salute. And he claims he was simply caught mid-wave, but um, he had a character named the White Duke. He has since blamed the whole thing on pills and what have you. So if you're a Bowie fan, you kind of go, okay. Uh, Michael Jackson, if you remember, he gave uh, an interview where he just flat out admitted Mm -hmm. that he slept with kids and said he thought that was a loving thing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you remember uh, Public Enemy's Professor Griff? Vaguely. Remember him? He was sort of the militant wing of the group. And okay. They came, he and two or three other people came out on stage and did military marching and such. Uh-huh. In, in an interview with some magazines, he started talking about how uh, people of Jewish descent are responsible for the majority of the wickedness in the world, and it wow. blew up in his face and the band fired him. Hmm. 
mm. you know, as as well they should have. <laughs> yeah. And the one we're going to play, The Clash firing Mick Jones, and okay. then the next album following called Cut the Crap just wasn't very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bands, you know, blow up. Yeah. It happens. And to say that it was a bad career decision, it could have been that the guys just couldn't have been in the same room with each other anymore. Right. We've played songs from Cut the Crap. It's just not yeah. The Clash anymore. The thing is, it happened after Combat Rock. Uh-huh. which was such a monstrous hit-making machine. And right. It introduced The Clash to a whole new non-punk audience. Right. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the firing of Mick Jones. Was it a, you know, a terrible career decision? Well, it depends. You know, you don't know what's going on inside the inner circle. That's it true. could very well have been, had they stayed in the same room together, the next album would have been terrible anyway. That's true. You don't know. So we'll finish up with The Clash. And uh, thanks again to Richard Sheffield for giving me this topic. So we'll be back again next week, and that's going to do it. We'll fall into July. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Monique Gregoire. That does it. Class is dismissed. Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time